I can't believe how many years it's been since Jesus ascended back into heaven and left us. Or how the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection has spread across Asia and over to Europe and down into Africa. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, it truly is good news. Good news that Jesus forgives, provides hope, joy, and healing. People have often asked me, what moment was it that truly transformed me? I mean, people knew I was a disciple of Jesus, that I followed him, that I listened to his teaching, uh, that I went with him wherever he went. But what point did it move from curiosity, fascination, to wholehearted devotion and commitment? I mean, there were a lot of eye-popping moments. I still remember that one well, of the first times I ever saw or heard Jesus. We'd been out fishing. I mean, that is who I was and what I did. The sea mist on my face. The smell of the fish and the salt. The coarseness of the nets in my hands. It'd been a long night. We hadn't caught much of anything. We were on the seashore in the morning, scrubbing our nets, mending them. And this teacher was there, Jesus. People had come from all over to hear him teach, and the crowds got bigger and bigger, and they started to press in on him. And he turned to me and asked me, stepped into my boat, and he asked me to push out. I'm like, what the nerve of this guy? Really? I don't know him. And now he wants me to, I'm working hard here. And now he wants me to use my boat as a platform. But as I listened to him, the power, the authority that he had when he taught, yet mingled with such compassion and grace, I could see why the crowds were drawn to him. As he finished teaching, he encouraged me to go further out into the water and told me to cast my net into the sea. <laughs> What does this carpenter from Nazareth know about fishing? I mean, seriously. We'd been at it all night and caught nothing. And now the middle of the morning, and he wants me to throw my net in. But after listening to him teach, I was kind of compelled to do what he said. So we grabbed our net and threw it in. And as soon as it hit the water, the fish started piling in more and more and more fish. Our nets, they couldn't bear it. They started to break. I hollered, James and John, come help us. And between our two boats, we wrestled the net and all the fish to the seashore. I knew there was something truly different about this man. I felt so inadequate and unworthy in his presence, yet I felt this compelling to be close to him. And when he told me that I was going to fish for men, I left my boat, my nets, the fish, and I followed Jesus. Now, my friends, they know I, I can be a bit impulsive at times. 
I have a tendency to stick my foot in my mouth, and I have trouble focusing on anything for very long. But even they were surprised that I would leave a steady, stable income, let alone the biggest payday I'd ever had to follow this itinerant teacher. And yet, I had to do it. There were other amazing moments as I spent time with Jesus. I still remember when he took five loaves and, and, and two little fish and he fed over 5,000 people with it. And then there was that night we were out on the Sea of Galilee and a storm came up. And Now remember, I, I, I'm a fisherman. I grew up on the sea. I know how to handle my boat and my crew. But the storm was so ferocious that night, I thought for sure we were goners. And up in the bow of the boat, there's Jesus, sleeping peacefully and quietly. At least until we roused him because we were so afraid. It was amazing to watch him rebuke the wind and the waves. And then us. After hearing the way that he taught, the authority and the compassion, after watching his power and his majesty and his glory and miracle after miracle after miracle, I was all in. I even declared it. Hey, if everybody else deserts you, Jesus, not me. I'll follow you to death. I even declared that to him around the Passover supper the night he was arrested. But my resolve was kind of short-lived. Man, what a long night that was. After we'd shared the Passover meal, some of us went with Jesus up to the Mount of Olives. It was a quiet, peaceful place, away from the hustle of the city and the throng of crowds that liked to gather around Jesus. We went up there often. But this particular evening, there was something different about Jesus. There was this weight on him. He asked us to stay up with him and and to pray with him. And then he'd go and he'd wander, pouring out his heart, his anguish to his father. Me, I fell asleep. And then he'd come back and rouse us, invite us to pray with him, and then he'd go wander some more. And before long again, my eyes got heavy and I was out. That is until the soldiers came. They came with their torches and their swords and their clubs in the dark of night to arrest Jesus. And they led him off to the city. I, I followed to kind of see what was happening, but I, I, I kept my distance. I didn't want the same fate for me. And as they took Jesus into the city, they took him first to the home of the high priest. Outside in the courtyard, some of the guards had started a fire to keep warm. 
I kind of hung out on the fringe. I was trying to hear what was happening with Jesus. And the servant girl across the way, she was staring at me. She called me out. She said, he's one of their followers. And in my weariness and exhaustion and fear, I said, no, 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 not me. A little later on, as I was kind of hanging out near the fire, trying to catch a glimpse of Jesus, someone else pointed me out. He's one of those followers of Jesus. I shouted back, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Man, it was a long night. It seemed like time took forever, but sometime in the wee hours of the morning, someone else recognized that I was a Galilean. He said, he must be one of his followers. And as I retorted, I didn't know what he was talking about. A rooster crowed its morning wake-up call. And I caught Jesus' eye across the courtyard. Only hours earlier, I had declared my undying devotion to him to death and now when the slightest pressure came I folded like an unsecure sail in the wind how could I why would I I was so ashamed so overcome with emotion I I fled the courtyard in tears and headed back into the city, uncertain of what was going to happen. I've got to be honest, that's probably one of the lowest points in my life. The coming hours and days were filled with uncertainty and fear. How could I deny my Savior? I mean, all of a sudden he was gone. Falsely accused on trumped up charges in a show court and nailed to a cross, dead and gone. And my last act was betrayal and denial. The shame. Overwhelming shame and embarrassment. I'd heard Judas went and hanged himself after he betrayed Jesus. I can't tell you how close I was to doing the same thing. What was going to happen? Night to day, night to day, hiding in fear and shame. When the news came Sunday morning that, that Jesus was alive, I, I, I couldn't believe it. John and I, we ran to the tomb to find out, and while there was this tremendous sense of relief that Jesus was alive, I still had this weight of guilt and shame. 
Jesus still want me? Would he still care about me? Could he still use me? Did he still believe in me? Because I know I sure didn't believe in myself. Short time after Jesus was alive, he told us he was going to meet us over in Galilee. So the boys and I, we, we headed that way. Still uncertain what the future might hold. I mean, it wasn't what we had expected. I thought he was the Messiah and was going to challenge the status quo, not succumb to it. It's not what we were expecting. We didn't know what was going to happen. And amidst my fear and uncertainty about the future, I went back to what I knew. I told the guys I was going to go fishing. They decided to join me. Got to be honest, there was... There was a certain level of comfort to going back to what was familiar. The smell of the fish, the mist on my face, the coarseness of the nets. I'm not saying that was the right thing to do. Matter of fact, upon further reflection, it's probably the opposite of what we should have done. But it sure was the easy thing to do the comfortable thing to do in that moment. The night was long. The catch was short. And as day started to break and we were pulling in our nets and getting ready to head to shore, we heard a voice calling us from the shore, asking if we'd caught anything. And we replied, no, we hadn't. He told us to throw our nets over the other side. Of the boat. Well, we hadn't caught anything yet. May as well give it one more try. We threw our nets out and they hit the water. They started filling with fish. More and more fish. John was the first to put the pieces together. He declared, That's Jesus on the shore. Wait, what? Jesus? came for us, he pursued us, he sought us out, even after we denied him, we hid in fear, and we went back to what was familiar and comfortable, he came looking for us. I was so overcome, I jumped in the water and headed to shore. I did say I was a little impulsive, didn't I? But I had to see my Lord, still unsure if he really wanted to see me. But there he was. Jesus, alive and well in the flesh. I couldn't believe it. He'd made a little fire. He had some bread and some fish on the fire. Not sure where he got those from. I can be so thick-headed sometimes. (laughs) The imagery, the miracles, calling back to things that he'd already done. It's almost like Jesus was once again calling us to follow him. 
once again revealing his power and his glory to us. After we'd counted our fish and stored our nets, we sat down to have breakfast with Jesus. It was so good to break bread with Jesus again. It was almost like old times. Almost. You see, I still, I still bore this weight of guilt and shame. Imprisoning myself. I wanted to protect myself. And so I, I built a wall between myself and Jesus. Because I didn't want to be hurt anymore. I certainly didn't know if he wanted me anymore. I put myself in my own prison, punishing myself for my wrongs. And after we ate breakfast, Jesus said to me, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon, son of John. When Jesus originally called me, he changed my name from Simon to Cephas, or Peter, which means rock. Well, the only rock I was right now was a stumbling block. See why he didn't use that name. Or maybe it was because I'd gone back to my old way of life, gone back to what was comfortable Rather than living in a new name and a new identity that Jesus had for me, I believe the lie of the enemy that my past and my failures defined me and I went back to what I was. Do you love me more than these? Was he asking if I loved him more than fish and fishing? If I loved him more than my friends? Or did I love Jesus to a greater level than my friends loved him? I thought I did. I declared that I had. But then I denied him. Do I still love him? I replied timidly, Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. I mean, I did still love him. I still believed in him. I just didn't know if he still believed in me. Whether I was still worthy or able to be his disciple. He replied, Feed my lambs. Feed my lambs? I'm a fisherman. I know how to fish. Sheep? That's a little out of my depth. As I was pondering what he meant by that, he said again, Simon, son of John, do you love me? I replied with a little bit more confidence this time. Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And as I said it, there was a glimmer of hope. 
maybe, maybe there was hope for me. He replied, feed my sheep. Was he still saying that he wanted me? That he still had a purpose for me? That there was still a plan that he could use me? One more time. He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? This time I started to get a little hurt. I mean, I don't know why. He had every right to ask, right? I mean, it was a, around a fire like this just days before that I denied him three times. And now, here he is asking and affirming me. I mean, he already knew the answer, right? And then in a fit of exasperation, I said, I said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And he replied, Feed my sheep. Three times I denied him. Three times he affirmed me. Around a fire in the dark of night, I was overcome with weight of guilt and sin in denying him. Around a fire in the brightness of day, he affirmed his love and care for me. I built a wall, he tore it down. I tried to put myself on the sidelines and he not only put me in the game, he made me captain of the team. What? And the fact that he affirmed me and called me back in, in front of the guys, reminded me how important community is and how much Jesus values community. The encouragement, the accountability, the fellowship, the restoration we have as we live together in community. It was a brand new day. It was a new calling. A fresh start from Jesus that I had to step into by faith. See, Jesus gave me a twofold calling. He said, fish for men and feed my sheep. When he said fish for men, that was that he wanted me to go and declare the good news of Jesus to all that I could and feed the sheep. That means I was to care, care for those that came to faith. And by this power of the Holy Spirit, I have sought to do just that, to travel far and wide to Jews and Gentiles alike and declare the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection, to declare the hope and the forgiveness and the fresh start that he can, only he can provide. And as people come to accept Jesus and to begin to follow him, I've sought to continue to train and encourage and pray and fellowship and nurture and help them grow in that faith in Jesus. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that Jesus 
Jesus loved me. That Jesus pursued me. That Jesus cares about me. That Jesus forgave me. That he called me and then he sent me. I felt so unworthy, so inadequate. But my adequacy doesn't come from me. It comes from him and his spirit living in me. But I, I had to surrender. I had to surrender my guilt and my shame and my embarrassment to the Father. I had to be willing to accept his forgiveness so that I could forgive myself. And then step forward in faith into the calling and identity he had for me. That moment around the fire, that moment, that transformed my life. I guess you could say, my fresh start started with the Father's forgiveness. And life hasn't been the same since.